This is Fiber Variety Hour, an eclectic mashup of fiber obsession, interviews, random silliness, and discussions surrounding all aspects of the fiber community and industry. In each episode, you will find everything from farm features to fabulous festivals. You can find us on social media platforms as Fiber Variety Hour, that's fiber with an R-E, as well as our Patreon platform. Our presenting sponsor for this episode is the Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair in beautiful Petoskey, Michigan. To find out more, visit tipofthemitfiberfair.com. Emily and I had the opportunity to hang out with Carol from Crosswind Farm. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. How are things there, Carol? How's lambing? Good, good lambing. Um, we uh, we we're waiting for two more ewes to lamb. So, and we only have five this year. We did have six, but one lost hers. Uh, oh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and um, so then so that just left us with five BFLs, and um, and 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 yeah. So three of them last week, three of them went sort of right away. You know, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And right. we thought, oh, these two, they're going to go pretty soon. And here, you know, the following Saturday, and they're still out there. They're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and, and, and now, now, you know, every time they try and get up, they sort of have to roll back and forth, you know, a little heave-ho before they get up, you know, because they're getting so big. Oh, <laughs> I remember yeah. the snow. close to having my son, the heave-ho, trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, oh. you know, when I go out there and see them, it's just like, oh, gosh, I really, I feel you, you know, I feel you, girls, you know. <laughs> But oh, pictures uh, of the were they twin lambs that you had the little BFL? Yeah, it says that the three um, ewes that have lambed so far, mm -hmm. uh, they've all had twins. Yeah, yeah. So oh my gosh, you know, twin ewes, then twin rams, then twin ewes. Yeah, yeah. So they wild. and, and they just they just grow so fast. You know, within a week, there it's it the, the change is unbelievable. <laughs> that is and so now we have, um, because when we, uh, when they lamb, we put them in uh, separate um, uh, stalls, you know, these jugs, tell me, uh, and, and we put them in separate jugs and then after they lamb and after, yeah, I don't know, after a couple of days, maybe four or five days or maybe a week, we put them all together sort of in the, in, we, we make a big space. And so now the three that have lambed, and their six lambs are all in a big common area. So, you know, and that gets real fun because then the lambs, um, the, you know, the lambs are starting to get to know each other and they're jumping <laughs> around and, and stuff like that. So, so it's pretty Is cute. that when they start doing the chase? Yeah, well, we haven't had them outside yet. You know, with this next, with nicer weather coming, we'll, we'll um, let them go outside for a little bit we got a big area in the barn, so it's enough room for them. But just with the cold, uh, we, you know, we, we don't really, you know, throw them outside real quick. And well, uh, no, I would guess so, not. so, but one, once they get outside, that's when the lamb races will start. You know? <laughs> they will start and it is, you know, you just go out there and you watch them and it's just, you know, all your stress just melts away. <laughs> you know. lamb spa i'm telling you yeah 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 it's a, the cute factor in the barn is huge right now <laughs> fantastic yeah yeah you could all use yeah. a lot of that right now <laughs> yeah and we're actually my mic is right here we um you know we land a little bit early than you earlier than usual this year and uh which will be nice come April, you know, because then, you know, when the weather is really nice, they'll be, you know, a little older, they'll be outside and, you know, we'll sort of be done, done with lambing and we can move on to, you know, other things, gardens and stuff like that. <laughs> maybe someday shows again, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that, you know. I am definitely ready for that. I'm ready for, to, to see, well, to see you more than, I'm happy to see your face, you know, yeah. animated, it's so great, but I'm yeah. also totally ready to, oh, I'm really, the light's really bad here too, not that it matters that much, but, um, 
it's just nice to see you yeah moving live right right yeah 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 it is it, it it i think i think when shows start to open up people are just boom they're, they're just gonna flock to them you know i'd be a little bit mad every yeah day. yeah yeah i you know and 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 you know i mean i don't go to every show out there but um you know i'm in the mood now to to, to go to every show <laughs> right <laughs> get out Oh, I feel I'm thinking about going to Fiber Expo, even though. It's... Yeah. 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 Get oh, out. Well, I mean, if, I, if I'm willing to go to Target, I think I'm willing to go support some farms in Indy Right. A little while, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I opted to not vend because I still like kids home and we're tag teaming there and everything. But I'm like, oh, I want to. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, that'll be real, that the vaccine will be out for basically anybody who wants it by the end of May. And then we can be like, I mean, yeah. not that we can all go back to normal, because I don't think that that's going to happen. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but just just to, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, I think once that happens, and, you know, I mean, summer comes, uh, you know, people are just, they, they got to get out. We got to get out. Else, you're crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've been working from home for going on a year, you know, so, yeah. oh. so, you know, I mean, I'm in front of my computers, you know, 40 hours a week for that. And uh, so, Oof. yeah. And now what is your um, computer job? I'm trying to remember. My, 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 my day job. Your day job, work, sorry, words. Yeah, I, I, I work for the state. I work for the state of Michigan. I work for the Department of Treasury, and I work. Um, I help run a program uh, that deals with school districts oh, and yeah. school districts that want to issue bonds so they can um, uh, have remodeling, get remodeling done, and and upgrades of things and new technology and stuff like that. So, so I work with school districts who want to come through our program to to get that kind of work done. Yeah, yeah. So you've probably been a little bit busy. Yeah, yeah, because it's really my the my workload is based on uh, school districts who put bond proposals on on the ballot. So you know the work oh. that I do is sort of you know five to six months before you see it on the ballot. Oh my and, gosh. Um, yeah, so I meet with the school districts and and their bond attorneys and their architects and things like that. So. Um, it, it's, it, it's interesting. I've been doing it for about 16 years now, you know, so, um, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, it, it's, it's, that takes up a huge chunk of, of my time, you know, well, um, working like, full time and stuff, but, uh, how do you um, juggle that with like, with the landing and everything? I, I can't even, well, well I mean, the, the farm and the lambing, I mean, it, it would not happen if it wasn't for Steve. I mean, Steve is the 24 seven, 365 shepherd, you know? And um, I mean, he is out there every day. Oh. And, um, and uh, you know, and I'm out there when, you know, when we're lambing, mm -hmm. um, I'm out there when to do the shearing because I do all the shearing. And, um, and, you know, then when, you know, when I'm outside and stuff like that, and, and, you know, if it, he'll say, you know, come and look at this, you, she doesn't look, you know, she doesn't look right. What do you think? And, you know, then we, we need to troubleshoot that, you know, and, um, so, uh, but he, he's, he's out there, you know, every day. So, I mean, that's how, that's how it gets done, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, um, but when, with the lambing, with, you know, the vaccinations and, you know, the care, that kind of care, you know, that we have to give them, uh, we're both out there, you know, and, uh, and then with shearing, um, I, I mean, I, I get the shearing done this year. I'll have to do, we have, we have 30, you know, 30 sheep. Um, so I'll, I'll um, get that done, you know, maybe five or six every weekend. 
Uh, maybe a couple after work, I'll go out there and do a couple. Um, so over the course of, uh, you know, six weeks, two months, I'll get them done. Yeah, I've already done five, the, one, the ones who are lambing, you know, so, so that's five checked off. But, but once, I, once I shear them, you know, then, then it's dealing with the fleeces, you know, and um, deciding, you know, uh, what I'm going to do with them and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, um, then, then sort of, then, then, then that's where my time goes into is, you know, the fleeces and, and um, deciding what's going to be processed together, you know, what, what fleeces I'm going to put together. Because when I shear, because we have the blue face lusters, we have Lincolns, and we have crossbreds mm -hmm. of those. And uh, we have one Romney. We did have a couple of border lusters. So we've had, you know, we've had a Merino. So we've had these purebreds, you know, the, the blue face lusters have always been the staple and the Lincolns pretty much, I mean, we got them probably a couple of years after the BFLs. And it's, it's always been BFLs and Lincolns. And then the other, the Romney and the, the Border Lesters, the Merino, they've been interspersed here and there. And then we crossbred all, crossbreed all of them. But so when I shear, I keep every fleece separate. You know, a lot of times when, when um, people have their flock sheared, I mean, if they have a flock of all one breed, they just put all the fleeces together. Um, and oh, wow. then, you know, but um, I keep every fleece separate because I don't know yet what I'm going to do with it. Right. And uh, then, so then I've got to sort of weigh all of them, you know, get them. I, I skirt it. I do the skirting sort of right when I'm shearing, but then I'll do another skirting um, um, when I'm really thinking about what I'm going to do with the fleece. Mm -hmm. And then I'll decide, okay, these five BFL fleeces I'm going to put together and have them processed together. And these, then I have three BFL Lincoln crosses that I'll, okay, I'll put those three together, you know, because I, I also have to be able to make the, the weight, um, um, the, um, the minimum weight at the mill. So that's, so I'll, I'll put fleeces together so I can make the minimum weight. And if, and if there is a, a really nice fleece and it's come from, you know, one of my favorite sheeps and uh, sheep and, and it's a, a Lincoln and it's 12 pounds or something, I'll, I'll just have that process by itself, you know? So um, every time when I, when I, when I put the fleeces, when I decide what goes together, um, all of the, I, I keep all of the, uh, all of the orders, um, I know what fleece went into what order. So I can, so I know, you know, on the, on the tag, uh, on the label, um, I can, I can put the sheep's name, you know, who contributed to this, to this order and stuff. So, so it's, yeah. And it, you know, it, it, it's time consuming, but you know, I just, be, because, you know, because of course I've got the day job, I mean, a lot of, you know, you think, how, how do you do all this? It's done in, in little spurts of time, you know, that is, that's the only way I can do it, you know. Um, really encouraging to someone who wants to get started out and still has to work a job too. To, oh yeah. To you say that, you know, um, what makes you decide whether you're going to process or keep a fleece to sell it? Um, usually what I've done the last couple of years is basically try and get the word out that, you know, I've got, these are the fleeces I have available, you know, um, uh, they're, they're available for sale. And, and one year what I did, I, I basically, it was almost like a fleece sale right here at the farm and, and people came, I had the skirting table out there. And they could, you know, they could, uh, um, you know, unroll the fleece on the skirting table and and look at it, 
they could they could if they could skirt it themselves if they felt it wasn't skirted enough so so they're not paying for anything they didn't want to and uh or if they wanted to to divide the fleece you know or um and only take half of it so that was really that 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 was really successful you know and uh and that year i i sold a lot of raw fleeces that way you know and uh but but you know basically just trying to get the word out that i have these places and by the time so, you know that's sort of in the springtime and then by summer um you know it's like okay whatever hasn't whatever hasn't sold goes to the mill and whichever ones i don't want to keep you know goes to the mill um one of my sisters is a she's a really fantastic felter and so she buys uh she buys uh some of my fleeces for that and uh and then a couple of my sisters her and the one other one they weave these really beautiful rugs and they use the Lincoln for that. So, you know, they'll, they'll buy the Lincoln places. And uh, so, so, you know, I mean, I sort of get rid of them that way. And then whatever I'm left with, I'll take to the mill. So your sisters are all fiber artists too. Did you guys all come by this naturally or was this like something? Yeah, well, a, a couple of them are, um, yes, because, you know, we grew up, we grew up on a farm um, out in, uh, Oakland County, um, uh, in White Lake. And, um, we grew up on a farm. We had mostly my dad raised pigs. My, our neighbors had cattle and sheep and, um, we had, you know, different animals along the way, but my, my mother and, uh, one of my, my late sister, um, they were just beautiful sewists. They, they sewed beautiful things. I mean, you know, wedding dresses and, you know, just beautiful. And, and my mom sewed all of our clothes, you know, most of our clothes and stuff. And, uh, my, she knit also my grandmother crocheted, uh, there was needlepoint. So, so we grew up doing, um, around a lot of craft and, and we grew up just, you know, really with that, that hands-on, you know, uh, experience. And, um, so that was sort of always in our blood. And then, and then, you know, then I moved, I moved out to the East coast and, you know, had my kids and raised my kids. And then I moved back here at 22 years later. And, uh, and that's where I started. I, I was working for myself. I was writing and, uh, you know, just web content, business plans, things like that, um, federal grants. And, and, and an alpaca farmer um, contacted me to do some web content. And, uh, and that led to doing um, presentation, you know, alpaca farms will have um, an alpaca day and and um, and I would present how to write a business plan if for you know for an alpaca farm, and then after a few of those, I came home with a couple of alpacas. <laughs> so, and, as one does. Uh, yes. So my sister and I, and my sister and brother-in-law and I, basically bought the, this this small group of alpacas, and uh, we had them for oh five or six years and um and in that time and then, then there was a then oh there's a couple of llamas that ended up in the pasture and uh and then um and then when i uh met steve and married him then we looked at sheep because by then i was um i was uh found out about the spinning guild in chelsea and that really opened up you know, my eyes to, uh, uh, the fiber world. And, uh, so, um, so then we looked at sheep and, you know, I saw blue face lusters fell in love. Can't, you know, brought, brought six of them home. And, uh, so we had the sheep, then we had the alpaca at, at my sister's house. And that went on for a couple of years, but then, you know, we sold the alpaca and uh and then we we're just uh, we just had the sheep here and um so 
so really, you know, my sister who I had the alpacas with, um, you know, she just, I, I mean, she's very, um, very hands-on really, you know, sews a lot. And she's the one who started felting and, uh, and she just, uh, she started felting alpaca and now she felt with the wool and anything that'll felt really. And, uh, um, so, so yeah. And, you know, another sister of mine, she does beautiful, you know, um, you know, felting and, and, uh, weaving and just a lot of different wall hangings with, with, uh, wool and locks and stuff like that. So, so yeah, we're a good tag, tag team, you know, um, no, and, and once you found out about, um, the guild, didn't you start a spinning guild? Yes. Yes, I did. And because when I, um, when I, like I said, growing up, you know, we, we, we were always into craft. Um, and then when I got the alpacas, I got on the committee that ran the, the international, um, alpaca show in Michigan. And, um, so we're, we were, we we're organizing that show at the, um, expo the birch run expo center and that's where i you know i saw a circle of spinning wheels and then and that's when that's when uh um you know i just fell in love with spinning i took a class oh how many spinning wheels did you come home with at that point at that point i i think i only came home with a spindle but then i i continued taking lessons you know spinning lessons and it wasn't wasn't long after that you know i mean that's that's some serious constraint considering the alpaca editions and the sheep editions that you came home with just a drop spindle i well well the you know yes and but that was back in i think oh four so by you know by oh five i had you know i i, I had a wheel or two by oh five and then it just you know it multiplied after that they're kind of um, like bunnies yeah yes yes they sure are they For sure sheep. are yeah, <laughs> but um, so, uh, so yeah, so then I was part of the Chelsea Guild, I think for about 10 years, um, but then, but that was almost an hour away from me. And so that, then I thought, you know, and by then I had, I had, um, by then I was done with, I had gone through the Master Spinner program at Olds College in Alberta, I had, I had finished with that. And then it's like, you know, I just, I wanted to start some kind of a group, some kind of a community spinning guild. And, um, and I, I didn't want it to be, you know, at a, uh, you know, at a, at a yarn shop or, you know, any kind of anyone's, any particular, retail shop I wanted it to be something you know anyone felt comfortable coming to so so I yeah I I started this uh the the uh Greater Lansing Spinning and Fiber Guild I think in 2016 uh in Williamston um and we you know at a church hall and um so yeah it 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 started out with I you know, I just, I contacted the church and set everything up, had, uh, you know, put together a brochure, got the word out and, and people came and I, I didn't know if they would come, but it's like, let's just see. And I think last year or yeah, in 2020, it was up to 50 plus members, you know, wow. and now, I'm, uh, really, I'm really curious about the, the master spinning program. What was oh, that? How long did it take you? Oh, well, it's, a. Uh, it's a program that has six levels oh, wow. and, and a level is pretty much a, a year. You can get through a level in a year. And, and if there's enough, um, register enough people to register for a, a level, they'll run it. The college will run it. So there, so fortunately for me, there was an, they ran a level every year. And so oh, wow. I took a level every year. So it took me six years. To so get through a commitment. That it very serious. And there were there were a few times that I, you know, it's like I, I think I'll take a year off, but then I was too afraid that I'd lose my momentum, you know. 
because why? Because you go, you go up to the college for a week, you know, you take these intensive classes, and then you come home and you have a year to do homework. You've got a, a homework, you know, you've got a, a, a list of, of homework that you have to do that ends up to be in, in binders, you know, that you send back to your instructor and then and then it's it's reviewed and, and graded and everything. So so it yeah, and, and then at the at the end, there's a in-depth study that you have to do. And um, and so yeah. I mean, it, it, it took me six years to get through it, but it was, it was just phenomenal because, um, you know, uh, just besides, you know, the people that you meet and everything, just the content, I mean, you know, you just, you're introduced to so much, you know, content with, you know, so many different, uh, fiber animals, um, you know, of course, every kind of spinning technique, dyeing, uh, you know, natural dyeing, um, acid dyeing, just, uh, you know. Sounds like a full so, immersion. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It really is. Now, yeah. if someone, if a novice was interested in reaching kind of that level of education in spinning and knowledge, what kind of prerequisites are required before you can go and do that? They're, they, what they, um, what they do, and, and I believe they still do, I haven't really looked at um, uh, their, their course offering the last couple of years, but um, basically you need to be able to spin a consistent uh, yarn, you know, and, and what they, what the college does is before the, the master spinning courses start that week, they will have um, they will have beginning spinner classes um, that you can take. And some people go up there, they take the couple of days of um, beginning spinning, and then they go right into level one, you know, of the master spinner program. So, and, and you know, and they've been successful doing that. So, so you really, you know, you don't need any Really, you don't need to be spinning for years and, you know, month, even months, you know, if you can sit down at a wheel and after a couple of days feel comfortable, you know, you, you can start the program. At least that's how it was when I was in there. And I, I think it's similar, you know, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it just, and, and the thing is, is once you come back, it was always in July, beginning of July is when I went up there. So, uh, and, and I would usually fly up there, you know, for a couple of the, the two or three days before the, the spinning classes started, the master spinning classes started, because I'd take a few other workshops and, and, and stuff, and I'd like to get settled into my condo and stuff like that. So, uh, so I was always up there for, you know, nine, 10 days and stuff. But, um, but then when you come back, you know, you have a year to do your homework and, and the, you really, you can give yourself about a month off just to come home and decompress and let, let just all of that information sort of settle. But if, if you, if I didn't get going on the homework really by the end of the summer, you know, you really, you'll, you, you would be behind the eight ball. And there, there was a, a, a year, maybe two that I waited until the holidays and it's like, then you're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> so, so really, you, you, by coming home, you know, after a month, two at the most of just sort of decompressing, then you need to get into a homework mode and, and have this momentum and just, you know, have the, the mindset that, you know, I'm going to do something every day toward my homework, even if it's 15 minutes, even if I just have to write up a paragraph about this or sit down and spin a sample of this. I mean, something every day. Yeah. Give yourself a day or two off a week, but you know, you need to keep that momentum up. Then you can get through the homework and get it sent back on time and get it graded. So then you're ready for the next year, the next level. Yeah. Sounds kind of like your farming philosophy too, bite-sized pieces. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, with me, you know, having to, to work, you know, full time, I mean, with, even with this master spinner program, that same thing, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, you can fit stuff in, 
you can fit stuff in, you know, you just, uh, and it, you just have to, you just have to let the, you know, some stuff go. It sounds like you really valued the education you got from, from being there. And, um, you know, I know that you have actually went on to educate other people. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, when I got done with the spinning program, you know, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I mean, just how fortunate I was to be able to go through that program and go up there every year, you know, um, and then end up with this, you know, certificate as a master spinner. And it's like, there's just so much information that really needs to be shared. You know, you need to get that out there. And um, so, um, you know, I mean, and I would just, anyone who was interested, you know, I would just, you know, help them get started. And then, and, and, and I got done with the spinning program in 2014. So in 2016, I started the guild. And in that two years, you know, that's where, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting with people trying to get them to spin and if they're interested and, and stuff. And that's where the idea for the guild came. And when the guild got, um, up and running, it was just, just fabulous. I mean, you were there, Emily, we had you, you know, there teaching, we, uh, we had brought in three really oh, awesome people. It just, and, and, and just learning from each other, that it was just amazing, you know, and, and I really, with the guild, you know, the, um, my main focus was, you know, education. And so with every, um, meeting, there was an education piece to it. So, you know, we'd have our business meeting and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of, of course, a lot of socializing and, uh, um, but then we would have an education piece. And of course, you know, I do some of it, but, you know, as getting other people involved too, to share what they know. And, and, you know, some people felt like, you know, they just, you know, they don't know enough about this or that. And, and really when you get them, get them up there, you know, they, they really do know a lot about their craft and, and to share it, it, it was just really awesome. It really, really was, you know. And, and of course COVID, you know, I mean, we had to stop meeting because of COVID and, um, um, and really what, COVID was really a sort of a line in the sand for me for, you know, uh, uh, for a lot, for a few things. The guild was one. So last year when I did step away from the guild as president. So, um, and we weren't meeting anyways. Um, so when, when we're able to meet again, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, you know, very, very talented, qualified people that'll be able to step in and, and keep it going. You know, um, the, the Facebook group is still, um, it's still active, you know, and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so the, you know, the, I, I have stepped away from the guild, um, just cause I need to spend more time here with, you know, the wool that I have to, um, you know, sort of get processed and get, you know, um, sold and things like that. So, uh, um, you know, and, and, and with the teaching that I've done, I've taught at Woven Art quite a bit and at, at, at work at fiber festivals and stuff. And I have stepped away from that too, you know, um, and, and not that, you know, I won't teach again, but I just need, I, I just, I need some, you know, uh, time here to really focus on, you know, the sheep and the wool and the stuff that I have going on here. I think that's really healthy and smart to do when, you know, like, I, I know I've definitely found some boundaries that I needed yeah. to have, whether it was for myself, like, not necessarily because anybody else was stepping over them, but because I was stepping over them yeah. and doing too much. And that's really, yeah. um, it's nice to hear someone know that they can admit that too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, thinking back on it, uh, cause I really, I really struggled with it. It's like, gosh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to teach, but it's, you know, it's just the, 
the time involved and to, to prepare, I mean, you know, is, 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 you know, huge. And, and, um, uh, you know, I just, when, when I was thinking about it, it's like, you know, since I graduated from the master spinner program, I really haven't stopped since then. You know, I mean, I started right away teaching, you know, informally, then formally, and um, started the guild. Um, and, and it's it, I think I got burnt out. I, I got burnt out, really, I, I think that's what it boils down to, that I just was, uh, I got to the point where I was just always, uh, you know, uh, always just sort of behind the eight ball and, and never, never uh, was caught up on things. And it's like, I just, it, it just sort of had to, I had to put the brakes on something. So, um, oh, so that's, yeah, that's, I feel like that is one of the biggest and best and hardest lessons that mm. we end up learning is when we do need to put on the brakes and recharge because we can't, it's that whole, you can't pour from an empty cup kind of mentality. Yeah. Right. Right. And really, you know, if COVID didn't happen, I, I, I don't know. I mean, COVID really, because things were canceled, because things were canceled and, and that's what it was. Things were canceled. So I couldn't do the teaching. We couldn't meet at the guild. And I'm like, oh my God, this is nice. Oh my God. You know, I've got some time here. And that's when the light bulb went off. I'm like, you know, I, I think I, I've got to carve out this kind of time. And so, so that's, that's sort of, you know, that's what, that's what I did. It's like, you know, I stepped away from the guild. I sort of stepped away from teaching and, and I stepped away from coloring my hair. So I'm going gray. <laughs> Your hair is awesome. I really, really, it's natural color is really fantastic. I have to say. I figured this is it. This I'm doing it this time. I tried it before and yeah. So, uh, good for you. <laughs> I I'm owning it, you know, <laughs> And now you said um, you've done some writing. We're talking yes. about that. And you also um, enjoy writing tools, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, writing tools. Yeah. yeah my, my, uh, I, I, my fountain pens. Yeah. I love, love, love my fountain pens. But what, what, another thing that happened in 2020, which I have to be careful about because, you know, I'm trying to, clear my my plate with you know so I can have time for myself and and what happened in the spring of 2020 is um you know I I I met this woman uh through Instagram through her Instagram live uh um uh, sessions and stuff and she's a book coach so I joined her um I joined her group and there was 15 of us and last summer I wrote a novel. So it, you know, and, and it is something I always wanted to do. And it's like, I, I'm home. I, you know, I've got this time and, you know, uh, and, cause I thought if I'm saving an hour and 45, an, an hour and hour and a half every day on a commute that I'm not doing, I've got to have something to show for it. You know, of course, I could go, I could get caught up on my wool work. I could do other things, but I got into this group and we each, we separately wrote our novels, but we all, you know, met and, and everything. And, and she was the coach. She's located in Berlin, Germany. And it was phenomenal. And, uh, well, so um, it was an international what, group too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There were, there were, there were women from all different continents, you know, and it was, it was an amazing experience. And, uh, but then it's like, okay, I, you know, I don't want to fill my time, you know, with something else, you know, but it's, it's it, like having starditis with knitting. I know, I know. So, but I've always wanted to write a novel, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there, there's, there's probably going to be a spinning wheel in there and, and, you know, maybe some sheep or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, so, and, and, um, and then I wrote some articles for spinoff mm -hmm. and um, uh, one of the articles was 
my independent study for the master spinner program. I sort now, of which, which um edition was that a spinoff? Do you know where I can look it up? That's fine. Oh yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I I I wrote an article about that about crossbreeding because that was my independent study. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote an article about Mabel Ross um, because uh, Steve and I went to Scotland in 2017 um, and uh, when he retired. So I went to, um, I went to the town where Mabel Ross uh, lived, I actually saw her house and I was in contact with her son. And, and then I, I, um, we went to England where some friends of hers lived and they had one of her spinning wheels. So I photographed that and stuff all for the article. But, uh, and then the third article was about starting a spinning guild. So I've written a, I've written like three articles for, uh, for spinoff. And I do like to write, I, you know, and, and because my graduate degree is in writing. Um, so, um, so I do, I do like to write, you know. Now, then the burning question is, are you gonna publish the novel? I, I am going to publish it, but it's still, um, it, it needs a lot of edit. It, it's, it's a first draft. It's a rough, rough first draft. So it needs editing. It needs revisions probably five times over. So, so it will, it, it's something that I will get out there over time. It's not going to be anytime soon because, well, because now, you know, I mean, I was in the group. And, 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 and the group was phenomenal with, you know, getting in 90 days, you know, we, we produced, I produced 80,000 words. And, but now for me to sit down with that novel and really go through it and really, really bring it to where I want it to be, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's going to be really, uh, um, it's going to be a joy to do, but I'm not going to rush myself through it. Again, bite-sized pieces. Yeah, yeah. So look for the publishing date next month is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I definitely, when you do get to that point, we want to hear about when it does come out or if you need test readers, you know. Yeah, 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 I will. I will. <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of a bio myself. So I, yeah. anyway, but I don't need to turn this on to me. Yeah. I just, it's so cool to hear about that, about all the different varieties of things that you've kind of morphed through over time and yeah. almost had just that ability to adapt to where your creativity was going. And I think that sometimes uh, hearing that is such a great thing because I have seen sometimes, and I've done this, is getting so hyper-focused on one thing and thinking that that's the only thing you can do. So really hearing right. about how you can diversify your crafts, and I mean that in a very broad sense. Right, right. It's a craft. Yeah. Um, ability. yeah. So it's just so neat to hear. Right, how right. That has developed for you. Yeah, and 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 one uh, uh, another thing that I've started doing the last couple of years is is making soap, and um and and so my garden now is okay, what plants can I grow to use with the soap and what dye plants can I grow? So it's really a, it's a dye garden. It's an herb garden. You know, I've, I've given up on the vegetables. You know, I, I've, it's been a long time since I've grown vegetables, but, um, but it's all herbs and, and dye plants and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I've started, started making soap, um, and it's really not out there yet, it, you know, it may be pretty soon, but, but, but it all goes back to, you know, when, when you look at the, the sheep and the wool and the soap and the farm in general, um, you know, that's where, that's where a lot of this stems from because it's like, okay, this is our slice of land, you know, and it's relatively small, but, you know, I mean, just, you know, when it comes to the tactile things I like to do, you know, and, and, and the wool is there, the, the, the source of that is, is here, the sheep, you know, and, and the breeding and the lambing and stuff. And, um, and then the garden, you know, the gardens and, and uh, the plants, you know, that, that, um, that I can use now to 
you know, put in the soap. And, uh, and then, and the novel itself, you know, it's based, the novel itself is based on the farm where I grew up, but, um, but it's about a farm, you know, and, and so the things that I've learned on this farm and the things that I grew up with on the farm I grew up at, yeah, you know, all sort of go into that novel. And so it, it just, it is, it, it's nice that every aspect of craft that I want to, um, that I want to delve into, um, you know, starts from this place, this sense of place, you know, and, uh, and that's the, and, and, and yes, I want to get out because, you know, with COVID, everyone wants to get out, but, but I've also really appreciated the time that I've gotten to stay, you know, home and, 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 uh, you know, do things that I haven't gotten to or do nothing, just enjoy being here, you know? I'm so um, glad you mentioned that part because the do nothing, because there's so much uh, emphasis on, oh, well, you have to have something to show for your time uh, yeah. in, in some societal norms that hearing the, oh yes, and do nothing. Right, right. How, how right. do you do nothing? <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, that's it's, question. How do you do nothing? What's your version of doing nothing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my version of doing nothing is um, this room. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I come here and I'll, I'll just sit here, you know, in my chair with my cup of tea and I'll just do nothing. I'll just stare at the wall, look outside, look at my wheel. And, or sometimes I'll have, you know, a journal in front of me and I'm not writing, but I'm just doodling. You know, I'm just doodling, just sort of, sort of a mind dump of, of, you know, uh, of a tangled yarn, you know, just out on my page. <laughs> I know, mean, I, I got to experience it, some nothing this past week and it was very similar. I just like, I had about an hour before I needed to go in to teach a class and just to sit there and drink my coffee mm -hmm. and stare at my loom and think, I want to weave, but I don't need to do that right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and spinning, you know, I, it's, I, I haven't been spinning a lot lately, but you know, it's definitely, the wheel is definitely calling me. And what I, what I found is I think because like I mentioned before that, that uh, burnout feeling that I've had from, you know, just since I got done with the master spinning program, you know, I just felt burnt out from teaching. And, 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 and so sort of after that, it's just, I, I haven't spun, I haven't spun in a while, you know, but, but it's similar to when I got done with my graduate degree, I, I had to read so much in that program that when I got done, it, it was, it was years that I actually just read a book for pleasure. You know, I mean, I just had to read so much that it just, I was burnt out, you know, and I think I go through these, these phases where, you know, I get burnt out if I, you know, if I'm doing something for so long, but, but now to sit down at the wheel and, and, and the reason I, you know, I want to take a break from teaching and the guild and stuff is because I've got my own projects I want to do. And I never could get to them. In 2018, my granddaughter was born. And um, so she's almost three years old. And the year she was born, the lambs that we had that year, um, I picked one lamb and I named it the same name as my granddaughter. So her, my granddaughter's name is Evelyn and we call her Evie. So I named this little blue face Lester, you lamb. I named her Evie. And it's like, all right, she's going in the five o'clock. I don't care if she, how good she may be as a, a, a breeding you, she's going in the five o'clock and we're not breeding her. So, um, and, and so her first fleece, Evie's first fleece I sheared and I'm going to do some kind of heirloom project for my granddaughter, you know, so that fleece from that lamb that was born the year my granddaughter was born 
is, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wash it and, and comb it and dye it and, you know, spin it and do something really, really special for it. She probably won't see it for 20 years, maybe 30 years, you know, but, again, but in bite-sized pieces. So it might not be ready right. until then. Right. And, and, you know, I want to give it to her when she's an age where she can appreciate it, you know, obviously, but, but it's stuff like that, you know, and, and, and another thing I just, uh, when the order that I got back from the mill this, uh, for 2020, so I got it back, um, probably just a month or uh, in January, I got it back, but my daughter in 2014, um, she was here before she moved to the West coast. And um, she helped us save a lamb. His name was Ed Edgar. And he's still out there. He's one of the oldest ones in the flock. And he, you know, he was born, he got hypothermia and he was just, he, he almost died. She was here. She, you know, Steve brought him in. She, she's a nurse. She sat with him until I got home from work. She kept him in front of a, um, a heater. Then we got home. And, you know, we took Edgar, we put him in a two gallon Ziploc bag with his head sticking out, submerged him in a warm, warm bucket of water, just trying, and he's comatose. He's, he's never even opened his eyes and it's been hours. And, um, and so, you know, he's still like a rag doll. And she, she laid on the couch all evening with him on her chest. And, you know, eventually he opened his eyes. And he's, he's one of the oldest ones out in the flock, you know, to this day. And so his first fleece, I sheared it, I dyed it, I spun it and it, it's, it's up there. It's all spun. I still have to do something for my daughter. You know, she's the one who saved them. So I've got a, probably a sweater's worth, you know, or something of that size uh, for her, you know, but, but then so she has a Malamute uh, Husky. So over the years, she has, uh, when she's got her dog groomed, she saved the fur. And I said, so every time I'd go out to Oregon to see her, I'd come back with a gallon or two gallon size bags of, of uh, Malamute fur. And so this last year, I took Edgar's fleece and Dakota's fur, and I had it uh, processed. And I've got, you know, a huge bag of that and it's beautiful. And I'm gonna spin it for her and probably weave her a blanket, you know, so she'll, you know, so that's the kind of stuff I wanna do now, you know, and I wanna have time to do, you know. That's so cool to hear that you um, got some dog for blended because we were just talking to April Zeilinger last week. Um, yeah. It was our last episode that we're still working on. And oh yeah. Just talking about how excited she was to process dog fur. And yeah, yeah. Like, and well, that was and really that cool because I hate spinning. <laughs> Like people ask me all the time. I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> but when you mix it with wool, when you mix yeah, it with wool, yeah. That's and, really cool. Right, right. And 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 Zeilingers, they're they're the one who, who processed it. They they do all my stuff. I mean, they do a phenomenal job. And Carol, uh, I gotta tell you when I was hearing you talk about um Evie, mm -hmm. that I just in my head kept seeing this picture book of Evie's fleece and like the progression of Evie's fleece. So, you know, yeah, in your spare time, like, yeah, <laughs> it's just the way you told the story. It just, it made me think of those little shorts on PBS where it's a person's yeah. individual story and they animate it. Like that's what it was reminding right. me of. Right. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. And then hearing about Edgar, I'm like, I'm like trying to keep from stopping because, oh, Right. Well, that's, you know, the thing too is, is that that's another thing is, is I guess that I, I, I'd like to, you know, talk about is the relationship that, that shepherds have with their sheep, you know, I mean, there's always, you know, every year Steve will say, I think this is the best crop of lambs that we've had. I says, you said that last year, you know, but, but, but there's always, one or two, sometimes three out of that crop of lambs that just are so special, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they had a hard time starting out and, and then they flourished or they're, they're the runt of the litter or, you know, for whatever reason, um, 
uh, one one year, uh, I think it was in 2017, we had one Vincent, he's still out there and he had a deformed ear. So he, it looks like he only has one ear, the big BFL ear is sticking out. And the other one is a tiny, tiny flap over the ear hole. And, and, and then as he, as he's grown, his, his jaw has grown sort of sideways. So, so he's sort of, he's sort of a mess, but, but he's, he's just really sweet. You know, I mean, are and, we all though? I, we're all sort of a mess. He's just showing it on the outside. Right. right yeah. But, um, but there's, you know, there, there's just, there's always the special ones that, you know, that you have and like, like Edgar and Evie, you know, and where, where, you know, they've got a relationship with, you know, my daughter and my granddaughter that makes it even more special, you know, but, but also too, is the hard choices that you have to make, um, you know, whether it's a sick animal or, you know, we have too many and some have to go, you know, I mean, there's just hard, hard choices that have to be made. And, uh, and that's, you know, yeah, I mean, you don't, you, you don't see that at the fiber shows, you know, and, and it really, it makes things hard sometimes, you know, of course, because they're, you love them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with us, you know, we have five acres here, which isn't much, not really, but so we always have to keep our numbers down, you know, and I, and I'm sort of always telling Steve, we got to keep our numbers down and, you know, he's sort of, yeah, it doesn't really matter, you know, that much to him. Oh, what are, what's five more? You know, it's like, now, it's, five, you, it's five more that I have to share for one thing. Do you sell, um, part of your fiber flock? Oh, yeah. We sell, we sell livestock, we sell rams, we sell ewes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, we've, we've sold individuals, we've sold small groups for, you know, starter flocks. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but, but, you know, the hard truth is that we can't sell them all. We don't sell them all. And, and we get to a point where we have too many and then they do have to go to the auction. And, and, you know, I mean, we've, we've, we've driven away from the, the auction barn, you know, in tears sometimes, you know, and, and, uh, but, but, you know, it just, it's just, it's, it's a reality, you know? Culling, yeah. Culling is a reality. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but also, you know, and then, you know, there's some that aren't going to make it. Um, some that have been sick that, you know, we've, we've tried to nurse along and, 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 you know, we've had to really educate ourselves in how to care for them and, 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 you know, how to, how to, um, um, try and figure out, you know, what's wrong with them and stuff, um, and then treat them accordingly. And, um, and, you know, for the most part, we've been successful, but, you know, there's some that haven't made it and, you know, you're sitting out there in the barn, you know, late at night with the, in, you know, the sheep's head is on your lap, you know, as, it, as it's going and, you know, or the little lambs, you know, especially, you know, some that, you know, aren't going to make it. And, you know, you just sort of sit out there with them and, you know, sort of, so, so, so you can be with them, you know, when they pass. And, uh, but it's, it, that stuff is hard, you know. But hearing you talk about that piece as well, just shows the dignity that you're giving them even as they pass because oh, yeah. even if they can't make it they're still appreciated and loved for that time that they're here oh yeah it's, yeah it's really giving those animals dignity in right yeah so like oh that's, absolutely that's huge there you know there's been a couple of there's been a couple of times where um you know i for whatever reason you know um uh, you know we know a sheep isn't going to make it and, uh, and, you know, someone says, well, you know, at least did you shear them first to get the fleece off? I'm like, no, no. I mean, if they're sick, if they're sick, that, you know, there's this one time there was a, a Lincoln and I had coated him and I don't usually coat my sheep and, you know, probably something I want to try and do again, but that's a, that's a whole different management sort of issue. But this one, because it was, beautiful gray fleece you know he was just beautiful so I coated him but he um I think he was in a um 
fight with the bigger Lincoln Ram and they were headbutting. And I, I, I think that he just spiraled down after that, you know, and, um, and I just looked at that fleece and I'm like, oh my God, that fleece is gorgeous, but there's just no way I could take it off of him when he's, you know, on his way out. It's like, no, that's, that's going with him, you know? And, uh, and it's that kind of thing that, you know, yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're keeping these animals and we've got a huge responsibility, you know, and we've got to, we've got to give them the best life, you know, that they can have. And a lot of times when Steve and I are, we're figuring out, okay, we've got to maybe set up some pens here or do this there. It's like, you know, what's the best thing for the sheep? How is it, how are they going to feel less stressed? How are they going to, you know, um, you know, how can, just what is the best thing for them? That's, that's sort of the, the, you know, where we look at it from. I think that's a really beautiful way to, to talk about it and to, to mm. explain it because yeah. your entire, I don't want to say operation, your entire fleece family, if you will, yeah. because right. it's not this fast fashion disposable society mentality it's not the how much product can we get from the fewest number of sheep right. See, right. hearing about these individual sheep that have affected you it's they're each an individual and it's you're not just trying right. to make them produce as much as possible and yeah, absolutely yeah having that that really quality life is actually part of what makes it so joyful to work with the fiber. I feel like that gets him yeah. into the fleece. I, I actually am working with one of your Romney Cross fleeces right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lovely fleece. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah, I found the other day too. So yeah. I was actually yeah. talking to Kat while we were working, and um, you know, pulled out some of your fleece, and it's just yeah, yeah. It, I get so giddy every time those little curls come out. Right, right. Well, when you know, with these five BFLUs that are that are uh, lambing this year, I, I mean, and, and it's every year that you know, w with any you that's out there, you know, I, I mean, I always stop, I always pause, and just think, especially when they're actively lambing and they're pushing. You know, I'll, I'll look at them right in the eye, you know, and we, we lock eyes and I'm like, oh, just, just hang on there. Just, just keep going, you know, but I think to myself, you know, every year, it, you know, we ask of them, you know, to, to produce lambs and, and they do, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what ram we put them with, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll produce lambs and, and, and just, I mean, for that alone, you know, and year after year after year, and I mean, for that alone, you know, they, I mean, they just deserve so much, you know, so much. They deserve everything we can give them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, and you get to have that, that reminder every year with those little lambs when they get outside and start scampering about. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. have that kind of, oh, this is why I do this moment with that. Oh yeah. Oh, because because, and my sisters, my two sisters have heard it many times. I'll be shearing and, you know, I'm shearing and then I've got a big tarp that I sort of throw the, the fleeces on, you know, once they come off the sheep. And then um, when I'm done for the day, then I'll sort of, you know, I'll sort of arrange the fleeces and stuff and, and I'm looking at them. And there's always, with every fleece, every year there's a split second where I think I'm just going to keep this for myself and I'm going to hand wash it and hand spin it and 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 hand knit or weave it into something you know every single fleece I think that you know and then of course reality you know and you uh, come back down there and then it's like you know who are you kidding what are you thinking you know get well, real we're getting to that point, but I'm curious, is there anything in particular that you want to highlight or add um, um, our time? Basically, um, basically, of course, you know, 
my website, you know, Instagram, that's where I am mostly. And, um, and, and the website's going through an overhaul and I'm, I'm working on the, um, really getting this stuff on the, on the online shop. So, you know, of course there's that, you know, I want to promote, but, but also the, the breed specific, the sheep specific fiber, you know, um, and, and the crossbreds, you know, um, the crossbreds produce beautiful, beautiful wool. And, um, and, you know, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to have a lot of it out there, um, available, but, um, but we, we basically only cross, we, we there's only a first generation cross breeding that we do. Um, so we sort of never, we, we don't know if we're going to get the same sort of BFL Lincoln cross from each sheep, you know, but it's so nice to see the difference. And, and so I guess, um, you know, the crossbreds that are out there, you know, they, they deserve to be right up there with, with the purebred wool, you know, and, and, and those, you know, and, and just those small farms that are producing um, wool from, you know, their specific sheep and they, you can see, you know, yeah, this is from Edgar, or this is from, you know, Vincent, um, that, that just really, that, that really, I think means a lot. Um, so your website is, do you want to tell people what that is? Yeah, it's uh, crosswindfarm.com. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Instagram is crosswindfarmllc. That's Instagram. Yeah. Can people find your products anywhere? I feel like maybe I saw them from. Yes. Yes. Woven art. Uh, Meg, she carries, uh, she carries, you know, uh, some fiber. She carries some of my yarn um, and, uh, and some locks. Um, she's going to be uh, uh, carrying some of my soap uh, pretty oh. soon. I yeah. wondered when you said that earlier that it might be somewhere soon. Yeah. Is, yeah. is the soap available on your website also? Not yet. Not okay. Yet. No, no, it's, it's not yet. So, uh, um, but hopefully soon. <laughs> okay. We'll keep our eyes open. So this has been Fiber Variety Hour with Carol from Crosswood Farms. Thank you so much, Carol, for joining us. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us for our fifth episode of Fiber Variety Hour. You can find out more about Carol Densmore and Crosswind Farm at crosswindfarm.com, as well as on Instagram as at crosswindfarmllc. Our presenting sponsor is the Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair, held each year on the first weekend of June at the Emmett County Fairgrounds in beautiful Petoskey, Michigan. The mission of the Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair is to celebrate Michigan's natural fiber, farmers, processors, and skilled artisans. In early 2016, a group of like-minded fiber enthusiasts began planning an event to showcase Michigan's rich natural fiber resources. With a lot of hard work and the support of local businesses and organizations, the annual Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair was born. You can find them on Facebook as at Mitt Fiber Fair and on Instagram as at Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair. This has been the Fiber Variety Hour.